welcome to Bet Doctor, a behind the curtain look at how pro punters operate. I'm joined by the punters punter Dan Kelly, DK, Winbet Dan on Twitter, and the new star of the show, Darcy Spinks. Again, Darcy. Welcome hey guys. back. Thanks for having me. Now, for another week. Darcy, a little birdie tells me that you were marooned on the couch all weekend and you were just betting. <laughs> Look, I wasn't on the couch. I was in and out of the house. I was laying by the pool. <laughs> but yes, I did put a few bets on and I did win some. You did. Good. So there you I'm go. Stoked. Yeah, yes. right. What was the strategy? Uh, look, just listening to you guys <laughs> yeah. and my dad and his um, brothers. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I did. I did well. So you've converted me. Oh, good. That's what we want. <laughs> Winning first up. Mm. Yeah. A good sign. It's only taken yeah, a couple of weeks to get Darcy inoc- oh, inducted into the, the betting world and the race day at Caulfield certainly helped as well. So we took her out to Caulfield for people tuning in for the first time and, yeah, like a duck to water, and all of a sudden it converts to racing at home. So it does work out there. So we yeah. need to get more people on track, and that's probably a good segue into a couple of, you know, hot topics. But, um, DK, we had the big Little Birdie Diamond stream on the weekend. We did. What, we did, did. You, what did you think of it there? Um, oh, it wasn't... I mean, the results obviously didn't go the boys' way, which is, wasn't wasn't great, you know. You know, sort of need the results to go your way to have a big day and we want everyone to win, but they said they'd go down swinging and they did. Um, but their analysis, I think people would still would have got something out of the analysis and their knowledge and um, I thought that, that was a good part of it. But um, yeah. Wasn't to be. Wasn't, wasn't to be. Um, had a good swing in the big race, which is, you know, that's what the Dogs boys did. Yeah. Similar. Um, made that their main bet for the day, but just that didn't pan out. Yep. Ran, ran well at horse, but it just wasn't good enough on the day. Um, but yeah, I thought the analysis, you, you, you would have got something out of the analysis side of it, I hope, but just unfortunately, um, unfortunately the results, which has just been a pattern of all the racing streams so far, you know, mm. um, just, just haven't been able to get those results in the, in the critical races. So anyway. And what about you? You were on the couch with Juppy and how, on the couch, yeah, with Juppie, how, yeah. how have you recovered from the big day? I think we're just going to play a little clip, a little <laughs> bit of, uh, What's happened, magic of TV you... and we've got a little clip from the weekend. So we've got, here? yeah, me and Juppie on the you couch. You're got... on the couch and then we've oh, got Rexy. Rexy the sausage guy. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, He's just oh, taking Rexy. a big shining to you. <laughs> DK, what were you wearing? Was it Lynx or a special cologne? But oh, he's absolutely Rexy. going hammer and tog on your arm. What's oh. going on? And I think he just backs up as well. He's yeah, not done. He, he has again. Yeah, yeah. Oh, That's a real hot minute there. <laughs> He's really taking a liking to you. Oh, geez, it's been a while since. Uh, hey? Anyway, it's taken a liking to me. Oh, Rexy, that'd be it. That's again. Let's make the dog loves me. There we go. Mm. Little your man, little Rexy. I think uh, next so time um, we can start bringing Rex in the office. He uh, he has the magic, uh, the big snip <laughs> tomorrow. You're going to get my leg. Oh, there you go. Yeah, the oh, yeah, right, back wheels okay. come out. Oh, back oh. wheels come out tomorrow, but um. Just getting on to a bit of an issue that we we ran into, and it wasn't Rex the Sausage Dog trying to mount you, but we had the Noonan boys in the stream. So those guys were betting, and they're obviously connected to some punters up in Queensland who do the yard and do some on-course analysis, and they sort of work as a team to promote racing in the racing show, their podcast, and they ran into an issue with the Brisbane Racing Club. And so we had the guys in the stream, and then... We had three punters on track that were recording themselves only, FaceTiming effectively back into us, into the stream. And they've ended up coming into um, trouble with the BRC officials. And they've got surrounded by a lady from the BRC and then three security guards as well, which seems pretty heavy handed. So the three guys are just sitting there. They're up in the stands. They had their microphone. 
before the race, they'd recorded themselves talking and communicating back to us saying, you know, we like ABC and this is what's happening on course, all really harmless, trying to encourage turnover, trying to get, you know, their opinion of what's happening in the last minutes of betting back to us. So they're not taking any pictures of ponies. They're not um, taking any pictures of what's happening on track. It's just their ugly mugs on the screen saying, we think this is how you should bet and trying to help the guys uh, get an opinion or validate why they're, you know, they're coming up with their selection. And the difference is here, in Victoria, that's okay. So you're allowed to do that. But in New South Wales, we've had the situation with the racing rant and those guys have been booted off. And now in Queensland, you need, and I think it's in both places, you need media accreditation to send any type of communication back off course. So everyone's got a mobile device. And we went through the Brisbane Racing Club's terms and conditions of entry. So basically anyone that sends back any video footage, and even the lady from the BRC, she's even said that calling information back to people in a room is also um, prohibited, which is just archaic. It's unbelievable. So it's amazing that... If we sent Darcy to the races and said, Darcy, take a picture of you having a drink, having a giggle with the girls, maybe do a boomerang, post that to Instagram. Well, mm. technically, you're broadcasting back to the track, from yeah. the track, back to your audience and back to your fan base on Insta- on Instagram. You've got 30,000 followers. I'd, I'd say that's a mass audience. Yeah. So we had 5,000 people watching the stream and we had about 500 concurrent viewers at the time. Mm. We probably should have got media accreditation and permission. Fair enough, but in Victoria, we don't have to operate under those rules, so it was mm-hmm. it was brand new circumstances for us. So we'll put our hand up, and the boys have too, and said that we probably should have gone down the proper channels. But I think it's time for race clubs who are absolutely desperate for people to go on course. There's no one there, especially post-COVID. It's very difficult to get on track and move around anyway. It's so disgraceful that you can post a picture of yourself, uh, a boomerang, you know, you and your fancy your outfit and post and put that up online to Instagram and Twitter and all that sort of thing. But if you're a punter and you ring or call someone or FaceTime and try and encourage them to bet, which ultimately funds the industry for betting, you you have to hand your camera back in and you're prohibited. Yeah. And if you keep doing it, you'll get booted off the track and you probably get exactly it's sort of course so the boys one stayed on course and two of the guys end up working from home yeah it's just i mean times have changed yeah i mean there's again racing behind the times you know i mean social media and and it's about growing the sport isn't it scoot that's what we're about and that's what race clubs should be about and growing wagering yeah are they trying to are they driving helping to drive wagering and trying to reach a new audience and all that sort of thing of course they are, you know. Um, Nineteen seventy four stuff, mate, and which is, doesn't mean that I'm surprised it's in New South Wales as well. So they've got the same rule in New South Wales. But as I said, you've been, if you've been to the races in going to Doombin and those places, it is like taking a step back in time. Um, so it wasn't a total shock, but um, yeah, I mean it's, it's two thousand and twenty one now, and um, <clears throat> social media and like I said, um, videos and all this sort of stuff. And I mean this, you know, was it? Were they trying to block? Some sort of information or trying to protect their media rights or something well it must be it must be just tied up with sky and and tab court but das you've got your own marketing agency how how vital is user generated content people and brands are desperate for customers to go and create all this content and push it back and showcase the product which is in this case racing in the sport and betting yeah absolutely it seems a bit it seems a bit odd that you can't 
you know, call and video and because they want coverage. They want like pe- they want people there. They want people sharing their experience there because um, that's encouraging people to come next exactly. time. So, yeah, it does seem a little bit left of centre to me as well. Mm. It was, you know, the, the guys posed a question. They said, what's the difference between voice messages, text message, and then the live recording, which we're not live mm. anyway. It's about a 50-second delay before we and then post up onto YouTube. So we're not infringing there, and it's not like real-time pictures, and there's no big scoop here. It's just opinions. But the hypocrisy is crazy because trainers... Video record jockeys when they come off the horse. They do voice messages, send them back to owners. But as soon as you you do the same thing and encourage someone to have a bet, and they can bet wherever they like, all of a sudden it's it's a big crime. And the BRC lady, she said, if you keep asking questions, we'll escort you off the track. She was completely out of her depth. She didn't know what turnover was. Yeah, it's yeah, just, no, yeah, it's, it would have been just a, a stiff and a green coat. It's just unbelievable that it's that it's come this way. But the guys. But they're not going to make a big deal of it here and now, but I just think someone needs to pull their socks up. And Racing Queensland, I think they're on our side, but the VRC and the race clubs themselves, they need to lighten up and they need to speak to their wagering partners and their media rights people for the greater good of the game. And they need to abolish this rule. If someone's on their iPhone or a small device and they're not taking pictures of the horses or what's happening on track, we need to open this up and we need to open up in a hurry because at the moment race, race tracks are dying it's very difficult to get on there and move around in COVID times, and we need to showcase the sport back. Like in COVID, punters kept the industry afloat. And we'll talk about that Did a little want, bit more. Did they want? But and hopefully, hopefully this 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 raises the issue, mate. I mean, it probably hopefully it takes normally there's a, a tipping point. Hopefully this 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 um, experience puts this on the sort of top of the agenda for that draconian rule to be to be changed. And mm. you know, I mean, you know, the race clubs again, what you said, does they want people to share their experiences? Yeah. So, people through the door and, and then that's part of it so that that rule at least has to be tweaked or or, or needs to be modified and um absolutely you know but yeah, I get, you're I get, encouraging people yeah yeah, it's all, yeah and it's yeah. about growing your sport mm. and um i think there's a bit of false sense of security which we'll get to because of covid because the wagering and the clubs of everything was so strong during covid but that was a it was an outlier and uh, we'll get to that later anyway but um anyway scoop but i, as I was just going to say one of our john mcleod who did our um little birdie millions mm. i mean i get his stuff um, and it, but he, he posted on on Twitter and Facebook and things like that. So um, a, a quick video, track conditions, how he thinks the role will play, things like that. So um, whether it's live stuff or pre-record, it's just oh, it's all got to be it's all got to be tightened. Yeah, it's got to be shared, and like sure. that's okay mm-hmm. for a you know I guess a shit pot meeting somewhere like Ipswich or Kilcoy or where the masses don't want to go. Well, police it properly or don't mm-hmm. police it at all. But it's just an archaic rule that just needs to change. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. like on a lighter note, yes. there was a big winner on Saturday, and it was youngcare.com.au, and they do housing for the disabled. And we managed to raise forty-seven hundred um, with our free bet profit. Uh, thanks, bag, to, thanks to thanks to Top Sport. Thanks. So yeah, there was a couple of winners there for charity. So forty-seven hundred. I spoke to a lady on the phone yesterday, and they are absolutely delighted with the donation. So a big thanks to everyone that participated in the stream, and of course Top Sport for making that possible. Uh, yep. it's great work what they do so that's www.youngcare.com.au check it out housing for the disabled I couldn't think of a better cause and we just had to follow up we we tried to win the money for the little birdie millions yep. and we've butted up and uh, and got them a prize for the little birdie diamonds so 
Brilliant stuff there. Okay, on today's show to move along, we've got Mintbet. We've got Casey McCutcheon. You'll remember him from season one. He's a character, this bloke. He'll preview the big races at Flemington, and there's big changes to Sydney Metro Racing. They're going from nine to ten races. We'll cover that. And DK's got one for us out wide at sale. His subscription package starts next week from March. It's going to be March Madness, so DK's provincial out wide stingers will be coming to the Little Birdie shop. And then we've got some top sport big bets and market movers. There's a couple of horses that have gone off early in top sport markets, so you can follow them on Saturday. But speaking of top sport, Das, when you're betting with your family, yes. and well, actually when you're taking a break from the pool <laughs> and going inside to watch the races, yeah. who are you betting with? So I'm betting with topsport.com.au, owned and operated by the Merlihan family for 30 years. Bet Australian and bet with people you can trust topsport.com.au and please gamble responsibly. Up next, we've got Casey McCutcheon from Mintbet. Welcome back to Bet Doctor, a behind the curtains look at how pro punters operate. I'm your host, Scoot, with DK, yeah, Punters Punter, and Darcy Spinks. But first and foremost, we need to introduce Casey McCutcheon from Mintbet. You remember him, punters, from season one. He's an entertainment machine and I tell you what, he's a good-looking rooster too. He could feature on Nip Tuck, or he might be the Nip Hugh Tuck. Jackman of horse racing. He is a good-looking rooster. Case, welcome to the show. Geez, that's a very warm welcome, Scoot, and I'll take everything I can get. I uh, love the Hugh. Love to have Hugh Jackman's sort of set up, but uh, you know, I wouldn't mind just bagging a few winners at the same time. So. Looking forward to Saturday at HQ. We've got uh, what should be a perfect day ahead of us, even though the, uh, the Weather Bureau recently has been about as useful as a chocolate teapot, but they reckon it's going to be perfect. <laughs> Track should be perfect, and we've got the uh, the good horses out, so bring it on. How have you gone over summer, Case? I know you've been dabbling in the tennis. You're a big Djokovic man, but the weather's snapped in Melbourne, which I'm not wrapped with, and I'm, I'm tipping Darcy's neither, but mm. it's not pool weather anymore. But how was your yeah. summer? How have you handled the break? Well, I'm, I got coast of Bayside, you know, before the world ended, and it's been all right getting down the beach for a bit of a stroll. Um, and then, yeah, took in a bit of the tennis. Been trying to get to the races to, to do some bookmaking when I can, but uh, that's been nipped in the bud several times. So I've been keeping it real down here, mate. We're fine, and uh, the only way is up, isn't it, in the beautiful state of Victoria? And now we've got the Autumn Carnival to keep us well and truly excited and occupied. All good, mate. The tennis was fantastic, though. Djokovic, the gift that keeps on giving, fading him. When the market cotton's on the him, it'll be a sad day. <laughs> yeah, dollar nine in the final. We spoke about it on Little Birdie podcast yesterday. Mark Google thinks he is money, but amazing record, nine zip in finals, and it's just crazy how the price stands up, but. It's, it is. It's very exciting this weekend. Right back to headquarters. We've got Flemington. We've got the two Group 1s. We've got the ball. The Group 2, sorry, Blamey Stakes. Uh, and you're keen to play one here, Case. Run us through the race. And we've got a speed map on screen now. Well, I've knocked up a little map here. And it doesn't suggest a whole heap of speed. So the Group 2 mile here, uh, the Blamey does get you into the All-Star Mile, which is a big uh, caveat and something to consider, well, had to consider uh, when looking at these runners and what they're up to because um, you can pretty much guarantee a few of these are here to, to really win this race. Buffalo River, the favourite. Um, everyone's you know, continues to warm to it. And um, Jamie Carr is probably just trying to find the key to this horse. We've seen it bolt a couple of times. Um, and it's a, lovely, you know, it's a non-speeder, it's a goer. Um, but it's it's been you know left a shotting uh, sitting duck uh, a couple of times. Uh, Jamie Carr openly admitted um, last time she got there a bit early, 
and she was bloused by uh, the recent pals, uh, punters' power regards Marie. So I would see uh, Irish Flame kicking up here and leading for Michael Walker. Um, Damien Oliver will be on best of days from the outside, and he got a picnic last start and obviously won. Um, so those two horses I can see forming the speed with Buffalo River maybe even taking a sit. Obviously, if Buff doesn't want to play a game, play ball there, he'll, he'll roll uh, forward for Jamie Carr. So that'll be the interesting, interesting part of it. If she can get him to switch off, she will wait this time and she won't get going too, too much further before the, you know, the 300 um, or the clock tower, as they say. But the, um, the really interesting runner here that I probably got through all the form and thought, oh, I'm really warming the Buffalo River here. But Star of the Seas is the one that jumps off the page for me. The form that around this horse, and I know, Scoot, you uh, have had a few hard luck stories around this horse last spring. Just read off the names that uh, were beating this horse. Very elegant in the wink stakes, beaten by Colding in the George Main. Uh, ran probability to three lengths, giving it three kilos. You know, that's all tick, tick, tick. So when you figure out that he's down here to win the uh, Wallace down here to possibly get in the All-Star Mile with this horse, then uh, he could be quite competitive on Saturday. So it's around five to one uh, with... Uh, the bookies, and I think Top Sport might have had some money for it. Yeah, it does. What's, uh, what's the betting on Buffalo River, the favourite first, and then yep. Star of the Seas, who Casey's found there? Yeah, so we have Buffalo River was $3.10, now $2.80. And then we have Star of the Seas uh, at $8 and now $5.50. And Top Sport had, has $1,000 on when it was $8. Mm, so they've already, already laid the big bet. And I think, Case... The key to this horse, I know this horse really well, and yeah, it's nearly too soon to talk about the 30s that it went down in by under a length, but <laughs> um, I'm still just absolutely sick on that. But this horse, the key to it is, it's just a bomb fresh horse. So first and second up in its prep is where you want to catch it. The deeper into the prep, this horse just falls it falls to pieces. And DK, what's, what are you going to say? Right, it changed too. Mm. Everyone's, everyone's talking about Jay Carr, and rightly so at the moment, but D-Lane's going just as well. Mm, um, he is too. He, he's just going just as well, and... It gets like it gets him on. Buffalo Rivers had Jake Ars already had two rides on it, and she's still trying to get it right and everything with that horse. Mm. Where this horse gets D lane on, you know, and that's just I think that's a big positive. And when you look at the mile a races at HQ so far this year, they're the two names that pop up. You know, the best performers, but they've been really performing all over everywhere. But uh, he had a couple mm. of maybe flat flat weeks after coming back from Japan and was going here, there, and everywhere trying to get some form, but. Once he hit it, uh, you know, probably at the start of the spring last year with Humidor, it, it hasn't really stopped since then for Damien Lane. So you're as in uh, capable hands with him as anyone else. Um, so really looking forward to seeing probably just where he uh, he slots in. But when you've got a hoop like that, you, you can trust. Um, we, uh... The race doesn't end there. So there's a couple of other interesting runners. So where's Mystic Journey? Uh, Mystic oh. Journey has currently got a few statues, statues of it being built down in the Apple Isle. By some of my bookmaking brothers, uh, after getting rolled at tens <laughs> on and fives on, thank you very much. Um, well, the first, I've never seen. I've never seen. That. I've been. I've been just hang on, case. I've, I've been going the races. Um, how many years? No. What am I? Forty six. Forty years. I've never seen one in the form guide having gone over at a dollar ten, a dollar twenty two in a row. Mm. Never seen it in my in my time. Wow. But that's those. They mean something. Are those SPs? Do yeah. They mean something. So um, a good holder instead, getting back to Flemington. Mm, bounce back. Definitely have to take on trust. But there was excuses in that first one, DK. They went horrifically slow early, and she got home fine. Uh, probably the last six to 800 in that first defeat, just given too much to do. But the second one's a little flat. Obviously, Trinder and that will be taking her on trust, and the punters will have to too. 
they get uh, four or five to one for the privilege because her form is good enough if she does show up. Um, and obviously, they'll be trying to uh, get her in that all-star mile again that she won a couple of years ago. Yeah, um, and, that's, and that's the thing. And outside of that, 50 stars is, is a horse that won this race last year at six to four, but it, not ready this year, I don't think. Um, missed the race with the virus, missed the run with the virus. Had to haul up to Sydney to get a run under its belt uh, last week in what was the race? It was the... Uh, uh, the Apollo uh, just went up there for a pipe cleaner. It was very plain. His target's the Australia Cup. Talking out of me kick here because I'm on him for that. So I want to see something out of him and hope he's rattling, but just don't think it's his day. Inclined to risk best of days uh, and stick with um, the favourite, but I'll be backing Star of the Seas. Um, beautifully named horse too, uh, Star of the Seas, if you look it up. But uh, Star of the Seas looks the value, and I'll be saving Buffalo River just in case Jamie Car Masterclass gets the best out of him. Mm. I think um, it's an interesting one that you talk about with Mystic Journey. She's got a big PB at this track and trip, and the models will definitely find. And then I guess Luke Curry's just started to hit a bit of form as well. So uh, that, there'll that, be money for it. Be and money then, for and the, sure. the last art SPs. I think That's you're right. It's not a horse that I de definitely want to be with, but no, I think you, you guys... You see the models just... Yeah, they're going to zoom in models. and keep that price in short. So there could be a lay opportunity, um, and it could promote some value into other runners. But um, I think... Cases all over it here with finding um, the, the value pick in the race, and that's definitely star of the seas. Let's kick forward to uh, the Group 1, the Australian Guineas. What's your read here, Case? Yeah, it's a good Guineas. Um, there's a bit to talk about here, and we have a look at it. I haven't got a speed map for you, but um, there should be a decent amount of speed in the race. You've got uh, Grand Slam, who we know was the pacemaker in the Cox Plate as a three-year-old coming from Gates, coming from the car park. So it'll, uh, it'll boot forward. You've got Tagaloa and likely Zoo Dancer speed from the middle. And then you've possibly got some speed with maybe here to shock or Poland from the inside. So there could be a bit of competition. And that's really the only knock that I've kind of found with Tagaloa, who I quite like. I mean, his uh, performances this year, since being eased down in the Guineas, was really disappointing for them. Never on the track in the Manfred a month ago. Uh, just kept coming, put the riding on the wall for that CS Hayes win, uh, which it won really impressively. Um, Portland Sky, Frank the Form from the Manfred. And um, although I feel a tinge of nervousness around saying ASAR can't beat him, um, it really is hard to see based on the two runs that they've had in this prep. Um, just the questions on the map. So it's gate 10, and then Luke Curry, inform, just trust. So that's all you can do. But hopefully he doesn't get posted like he uh, did in the Manfred or something like that, because he will keep pushing on and can get a bit keen. So that is uh, the question mark around it. You want to be informed coming into this race, and that's uh, probably the key pot around Olakirk. And it's one blemish has kind of put the wind up us, but uh, last week was pretty poor. They mm. made excuses about the track. You know, we'll find out on Saturday. But uh, his CV was second to none in, as a spring three-year-old. Beat all his horses, went past Asar, who put his you know PB up in that Caulfield Guineas. So on a big track at Flemington, he'll be getting back and rattling. If uh, if he pops up, we'll be shaking our heads and going, oh, we, we should have given him another go at 7-1 to one or so um, with Karen McAvoy. But, um, yeah, interesting couple of runners here. And Asar, uh, the other one, who we're starting to a little, maybe uh, the punters might be getting a little bit sick of him. But um, his grand final in the Guineas was really impressive. There was no uh, feline features about that. He got to the front and was just bloused by, by a superstar who's flying. So um, I wouldn't, can, you have to respect that Guineas run from Asar. Uh, on a big track, should suit him and, uh, and at his right trip. So... Wouldn't put wouldn't put him out of um, calculations. Poor old Cherry Tortoni's drawn the car park, 
Um, so I'm not sure where it's going to get to. Might get back and just be a little bit uh, left, a little bit flat-footed compared to some of these others. But I'm quite happy to be with Tagaloa here. And the other one we need to mention is Zuzu Dan uh, Dancer um, for Jamie Carr. No, no spoiler on the price. She was incredibly impressive in the vanity. Really good splits and just left them for dead in that last uh, furlong. So it's an exciting race, and I love that little dynamic of, of a filly in form. Um, and it's a good betting race um, and a good race to make a book in if you're on the track. Mm. It shows how, how three-year-olds can rapidly improve, and that's what we like backing them, and I do, a lot of my stuff focuses on them. I backed Zoo Dancer in a, in a thousand-metre maiden at Dunkeld <laughs> well, wow. back in November, and that once, once a year Dunkeld, and uh, here she is lining up... Um, in his train guineas, like three or four starts later. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, Some of the value that you can get out wide, and that's why DK specialises in the maidens. He can catch horses with lots of ability on the up. He sees them from trials and other maidens, and he picks them off before they get to the hard races. So a lot of the time, to bet in these sort of grand finals, there's not much value, and everything is sort of already known, and it's priced into the horse. But, yeah, there's a horse that I sort of don't mind here, Dom to Shoot. It's got Willie Pike this time, and it's had a pipe opener. Um, it did really well. It was a really tough preparation last time at Ascot, so I'd be keeping it safe around the $11 mark. But, Dars, what's the price of Tagaloa? Yeah, so... Tagaloa is well was three dollars ninety and is now three dollars sixty. Mm, it's I think case you're probably on the money here again. I think Tagaloa is a good way to play the race because um, it's got a really long tail from there. It's you can sort of maybe trip yourself up and get yourself into a bit of a mess. Certainly, when you get a dollar to shoot, that's a great call. Um, it's snagged from the really cool oh, from a wide gate. Got a good gate here. Willie Pipe softer run. You can see it getting home and. Uh, not a ten ten dollars double figures. So yeah, that's a lovely each way play. And case before you go, will you be on course bookmaking somewhere on this this Saturday? Mate, wild horses couldn't keep me from the front lawn this week. It's going to be per <laughs> we're going to be perched out the front. Hopefully, uh, able to serve the GA punters who desperately need a good bookie out there. And we'll uh, we'll be looking after the punters on the Flemington front lawn. So come out and say good day. Great banter last week with some of the Twitter punters. I think it was uh, Mossy and the boys uh, were, and a very impressive performance from the Mossy and the boys. They backed a few winners. The banter was strong and just great, great fun, you know. So uh, come out and see us on the lawn with Mintbet. Say good day and we'll look after you. The uh, McCutcheons, mate, the uh, marijuana bookies, they're always on the grass. That's where you can find <laughs> them. Always out on the lawn. <laughs> Fantastic, Case. Thanks for joining us and uh, good luck this Saturday. All the best, guys. Thanks for having us. And Das, you're already converted to a punter, but what about yeah. the form? Where do you do the form? So, powered by puntingform.com.au, Australia's best online form guide and database. Scoot and DK use it, and I, may, I might need a subscription yeah, too. Absolutely, we'll get you going. <laughs> Up next, we're going to talk Sydney Racing. There's big, big changes for the Metro race, race numbers. They've gone from nine to ten races, and we'll talk about the prize money increases as well. Stick around. Welcome back to Bet Doctor, a behind-the-curtain look at how pro punters operate. I'm your host, Scoot. I'm joined by DK, the punters punter, yeah, and yes. Darcy Spinks. Now, first up, we're yeah. going to put a little graphic on the screen on for the YouTube watchers, and I'll read I'll read what's on the screen for everyone listening out in podcast world on Spotify, Apple, or SoundCloud, or wherever you're finding us. But what we've got on the graphic, 
Racing New South Wales had a press conference, if you could call it that. It was barely. There was, I think, it was about two or three journalists there who weren't answering. Greg questions. Radley was one of them. Well, he was, Radley was sort of hosting, presenting right. Sky Channel. He had the hat on, and I think it looked like they'd all got pre-prepared questions and notes, and they just let PBL, you know, have a little like song and dance. It That's was, how it is under a dictatorship. So yeah, North Korea up there, North Korea with the emperor in charge. That's it with PBL. What happens? Mm, and I think Ray <laughs> Thomas was there and, and Chris Root. So I've got a good relationship with Chris. But I'll read out what's on screen. So it's $20 million added in prize money. And it's Sydney Metro's Saturdays will now become 10 race cards. So they've gone from nine races to 10 races. And so the minimum Saturday prize money is now 130000 from July 1st. And then the Epsom, for example, has leapt from 500000 to $1.5 million in prize money. And then we've got... This, these new $100,000 midway races, which is sort of a similar concept to the highways. And so they're specifically tra for provincial trainers and it's based on a point system. So the big boys will be locked out of these races because they've, they've won too much and they don't qualify. But then on a, another good note, I guess, is the highways. They go up from 75000 to 100000 So in COVID times, the prize money levels took a little bit of a hit because racing didn't know what was going to happen. But now, all of a sudden, after a, a bonanza in uh, wagering caused by COVID, which is you know a once-in-a-lifetime pandemic, all of a sudden there's a cash influx caused by punters. And so Racing New South Wales have reacted and have increased the prize money, which is probably going off a little bit too early, I would have thought. Okay, not all of this I can criticise. There is some great wins here. So the Epsom, for example, 500 to 1.5 million, not a bad thing. With, you've got races like the Everest and other really big races that have got all this inflated prize money. So, okay, let's get the Epsom and jack a couple of these races up. I think the highway's going up, a good thing for country trainers, and I don't mind the concept of the midway. But uh, well, although I would think a million's enough, I think 500 1.5 is excessive. Mm. You know, a million dollar race, you know. Just to me, then, why, why is the Epsom being lower than those, those um, pop ups? Pop up, pop up races as well. I like the um, the ten race cards on a Saturday. Mm. Saturday's racing. It is. It's racing. It's number one day. It's it's like a fish and chip shop on a Friday night. Yep. It's it's the time of the week. You know, the twelve to six or whatever it is on a on a Saturday. To our time to shine in the sun, where most of the wagering for the week's done. Yep. So I think ten race cards. And while on that, well, a bit of self interest. <laughs> I cannot see while there's so many eyes on racing on a Saturday. While the Saturday Victorian Saturday provincials. Uh, uh, ordinary, generally ordinary meetings mm. at Yarra Valley and these other these other joints. Why we're not racing at Ballarat, Bendigo, Sale, and place yeah. like that on a Saturday with some with good good big fields where the good night nice, sorry big tracks where the, where the good trainers want to go. Yep. And um and there's good jockey. We've got good jockeys riding the provincials on a Saturday. You know, there's not enough. We've got a lot of jockeys in Melbourne. So mm. why don't we don't have better better races on a Saturday? I was just beyond me. You know. Anyway, so I'll yeah, bang I on the think table. <laughs> he's definitely fired up, and I think that's. To Racing New South Wales credit, I think they do that really well. So they have Kembla and they have Newcastle. Newcastle every so Saturday. It's a tick to Racing New South Wales there. And then they have an out wide yeah. meeting on top of that, another little country meeting out, out yep. further out wide. Yeah, and so I think I think Queensland do it well too. They, they always have the Gold Coast, which you know punters like to sort of bet on that track as the secondary meeting. And so maybe that's something that Queensland could look at as well, like Sunshine Coast and the strong provincial meeting on the Saturday. To me, that makes a lot of sense. And 
I've been speaking to a couple of other pro punters like in our chat groups and things like that, and not all of them are wrapped with the, the extra card or the extra race on the card. Some think, it's, you know, oh, here's another form race that we have to do and all that sort of thing. But I guess you're not obliged to bet into every race, so I think you can argue it both ways. So if they can shorten the race times, which is important yes, to this, yes, well, that's, to that's... try and shrink it so there's not, like you know, 45 and 40-plus minutes between races, I think it would be a great thing and to try and get close to that sort of half-an-hour gap I think that'd be great. And I think something else that Racing New South Wales needs to do, you can you can make all these big calls and say, oh, well, you know, there's been a bonanza and all this stuff and everything's going really well in wagering. But show, but show us the evidence and, and tell us what's going on. And that's a stark difference in Victoria versus New South Wales. So from the Daily Telegraph, it's up on the screen again now, the success of mega-rich races, the Everest and the Golden Eagle in recent years has given the Sydney Racing the Sydney Spring Carnival, new impetus, and racing New South Wales chairman Russell Boarding felt it was imperative that traditional feature races also received prize money increases. Okay, so a couple of things on this. The Everest and the Golden Eagle, they are overly inflated, the amount of prize money. You get the same fields with probably half the prize money spent, but where's the proof and where's the ROI? New South Wales have got a habit of hiding the evidence and hiding the truth. I used to work for Betfair, and we used to, show, we, we used to get shown every Monday all the key metrics around all the wagering service providers. So you hear them talk about WSPs, and so all the racing administrators in Victoria share this information. So you know how the vital signs are looking for the TAB, for Betfair, for all the corporates, for the on-course bookies, and you've got a really clean, open, transparent guide so you can all grow the game together. And I think mm. that's what Racing Victoria do really, really right. well, yep. and that's what Racing New South Wales don't do. So where's the evidence and where's the proof that these mega races, the Everest and the Golden Eagle, are producing a really good ROI. Like, they're only really marketed strongly through the major channels that PBL has has his foot on. And Sky Channel promote these things to the exclusion of all the other races, like the Everest and all those sort of things. Like, mm. it doesn't make any sense to me. And the odds and evens, we won't get into this, but that was, that was sold as the thing that's going to prop up and pay for these big pop-up races like the Gong and all that. I tell you what, that's fallen flat on its head. There's no turnover in any of those pools. I couldn't believe it was still going. We saw the results pop up the other day. I was watching They're Scott still promoting going. it. Oh. Yeah. It's just utter madness. And there's a little thing on... Um, we're gonna, we're, again, we're sorry. We're, um, we're providing a lot of things on, um, on screen here today. But this is an example of what they do in Victoria. So you've got Josh Blanksby, who's the Melbourne Racing Club CEO via Twitter... Here's an example. Key metrics from the Blue Diamond Stakes Day at Caulfield. On Saturday, the crowd was X, which was 5,600 under COVID. The domestic wagering turnovers, 82 million, up 36% year on year. And the track was a good four versus a good four. Same, like really strong fields in terms of starting numbers. And there he goes. So as soon as he's got that information, he tweets it out. So why can't we see the same from New South Wales? Like, we talk about this because we're passionate about the game and we want the game to grow. But... It's, it's sort of 1984 stuff up in um, up in New South Wales, whereas Victoria are, are clear and open and transparent. So I just don't understand um, why it has to be such a dictatorship up in New South Wales. So it's interesting, isn't it? The punters always fit the bill, but we're going to play a little bit of an excerpt from Peter Volandi's press conference and where he said, in a breath, all participants have been consulted and supportive. So I'm not sure which punters wanted all these prize money increases, but we're going to play a clip here now. John Massara and yeah, a few others. Let's hear the great PVL speak. 
the betting turnover increased dramatically over that period. So people staying at home were certainly betting and they were betting on New South Wales race meetings and, that, and in particular our big races. So we were able to generate more revenue than what we expected and, we, and like any entity, we've, we return those um, revenues back to our participants. If we're a public company, our dividends is prize money. So the prize money goes back to the participants and they all can um, compete to get that prize money. It's incredible. So just there, he's basically said that there's a big boom in turnover in COVID times. And then what they're basically doing by giving the prize money back, they're paying out dividends like shareholders in a company. Excuse me, Peter, uh, I own a horse, but then at the same time, I'm a punter. But as a punter, with prize money going up, if I'm just a standalone punter, I'm not getting any dividends back. It's actually more it's been more expensive than ever to play the game. The only thing that you can do to produce a dividend back to me is change a couple of things to make my life easier. You gotta take the, the rake and make the commission that we pay uh, less, or you need to increase minimum bet laws and open it up so I can get a bet on early. Because at mm. the moment, inflating the prize money only suits the trainers, the breeders, and the owners. So what you've just heard Peter Villandis say there is complete furphy. And I can't believe no one in the room. Well, I can believe it because there's Ray Thomas in there and Chris Roots and no one has got the balls to absorb or think about what it said. They're all just reading off scripts and they need to critique it. Like, this is a big thing. And if we keep letting PVL just run it, run rampant, when he goes, the game's going to be in rubble and ruin. You just can't keep pouring money into prize money to just inflate everything. It should be going the other way, if anything, or we should be getting a rebate. Punters need a leg up. So for example, a mate of mine, he turns over tens of thousands of dollars, sometimes like millions in, in a month. If he went to go on track, he'd have to pay his own way. There's no red carpet for him. It's just, no. it's just absolutely upside down, the current landscape for punters. There's, there's not much in it for us. And pre-COVID, you know how wagering figures were? Going down, they were really worried about what the report was exactly. going to say when they were going to get it halfway through last year. But they knew they were on the decline. All of a sudden, COVID's come along. I don't know whether PVL's got a false sense of security or something here. We're still, I mean, good wagering figures at Mooney uh, Caulfield are still up. So there's still, we're still, I mean, we, we have probably hopefully have grown the game in that zone. A lot of people who maybe didn't bet on horse racing. Yeah, there's COVID there overflow. COVID overflow. They started betting on racing and, yeah. and attracting people, a new crowd, which is really good. And people are more likely to stay at home. So they're probably turning over more money. It's hard, yeah. like it's hard at the moment to, to move around. But the base yeah. of this is he's not going to come out and say in 12 months somewhere reducing. Well, we've got to reduce prize but, money by yeah. 30% and all this across the board because wagering figures aren't great. I mean, these changes are there to stay. So they've got to be propped up and... Um, Anyway, but he's just, and it's it's the Melbourne versus Sydney thing. Did you see that? I mean, earlier yeah. I saw the thing you said. There was a snide little remark there. You you know, you'll but, lose off, you'll be better off racing in Sydney and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, and this won't be open to New South Wales, yeah, uh, and he's got Victorian that, participants. Yeah, so it's always that, this like tit for tat struggle. But what racing New South Wales can't even do, I think the second most popular meeting is the Mooney Valley Knights each week. Like, for heaven's sake, you've got prime time captive audience. The world's moving to sort of night racing, and that's where the punters want the product to be. Like get your act together in New South Wales. Why don't you just mirror the Mooney Valley night racing season and let punters operate, as you sort of say. Like you've got prime time coverage and New South Wales can't even mirror the Mooney Valley night meetings. Anyway, I think we're going to have to take a break. I'm really heated up about this, but um, well, just... ho hopefully we can get someone out there to write a, you know, a piece about this from a, like a journalist point of view. Because 
enough's enough. Like the punters can only take so much, and things just need to change. We need minimum bet laws, or we need some some sort of chop out. Because I tell you yeah. what, they're just going to kill the golden goose. Yeah, well, that's right. Well, as I said, we we yeah, yeah spot on scoop. I think we've spoken. We could go on for another fifteen minutes about this, but we'll give it a spell, eh? Speaking about uh, another cost that we incur is uh, is databases. But if you're looking to build a database, where do you go, Dask? At puntingform.com.au. Buy the raw data, build a racing model, and use them for your own speed map and sectional times analysis. Puntingform, the number one choice of professional bettors. Up next, we're going to talk DK out wide. Um, He's got something for us at sale, and we're going to look at top sports big bets. Welcome back to Bet Doctor. I'm your host, Scoot, joined by the punters, punner DK and Darcy Spinks. It's a behind-the-curtain look at how pro punters operate, and we've decided somewhat in protest to not preview any races in Sydney, but we're going to head down to slip down to Sale. Beautiful little Sale, and I'll tell you what, Sale needs a little bit of a boost. I drove the back way to Ulladulla for Christmas holidays, and I'll tell you what, regional Victoria is absolutely in dire straits. So if you can, make sure you try and get to country Victoria and support all the coastal towns at the moment. COVID has absolutely hit them for sick. So sale is where we'll be ambling on Friday tomorrow. So DK, out wide. This is your specialty, the out wide wide work meetings. Yeah. So um, yeah, we'll be kicking off next week, Scooty. And uh, so we thought we'd do a race and just... uh... Maybe give an idea. So here, here we've got a speed map. It's race uh, race four. It's a fourteen hundred meter maiden, so it's in my wheel, right in my wheelhouse. And uh, it's a pretty skinny race, I thought. Um, the favourite will be the stager. Uh, it'll come up pretty short. Um, there's no markets, unfortunately. Yeah, that's the, that's the punting form neural price. So yeah. that's just a model price. Um, once there's no early prices in the puntingform.com.au database, so they're not DK's prices. No. But he'll talk through the speed map now. Yeah, yeah. So the stager, look, he's got. He's got blinkers on. He's got Jamie Mott. Um, Jamie Mott has got soft hands, and he's got a. He does have a designated leader in the race, so he's he's going to get a beautiful spot behind uh, Lock in Rocky Roy, who was accepted tonight, uh, <clears throat> but he's running to he's scratched and running tomorrow on his home track. Lock in Rocky Roy two starts ago at this track, and he since went out really quick and did run pretty well. But he's he's a he's a one batter. Um, behind them, uh, De Bullet probably needs further, but he ran okay first up, and there's a couple of non-winners, Capito and Miss Vicky. They're both numb from 14 or something. But that horse just just parked there behind Caputo. Our little ripper is sort of the one I want to focus on. Um, this horse uh, is on the quick backup from Yarra Valley on Saturday. And the jury was out. He, he trialled re- really good coming into this prep. Um, was a big tip, a big streak first up. Um, but sort of failed and then went too hard. Next start in front and failed again. So at Yarra Valley the other day, they changed the tactics and rode him for cover. And he had a wide draw, so for, for that cover, he had to go back to last. Mm. But what he did do was he hit the line really hard late, um, which that was the trick, I think. So he can be, he's got Ben Allen, he's got a good ride. He's going from a kid to Ben Allen, going to a senior rider, which I like. He didn't, it wasn't, the change of tactics wasn't go back. The change of tactics was to get cover. So he can get, he can get close, sit closer here, which you'll need to. He won't want to be given the stage at too big a start. Um, so I thought he might be able to come across and sit behind Caputo and maybe one out two or three back. Um, if he can hit the line with that gusto, he hit charged late at Yarra Valley, which I think he can with the cover, preferred cover. I think he's a good chance to upset the stager. Um, the stager had a bit of an empty out last start. It was a, was a bit of a brutal race. Tycoon Bucks won it and won it easily, sort of ran past the stager and won by five links. And it didn't, didn't do a lot. He sort of didn't really frank that yesterday. Um, so a little couple of little wiggles for a short odds favourite there. 
So I'd be um, I'd be sort of I think uh, our little ripper will be probably applied each way odds. I think it'll be each way odds. It, its form's not five dollars better. Yeah, yeah well, it doesn't read flash on paper, but loved its last hundred. And what we have been seeing recently, which I have been spruiking a few times, is mm. horses hitting the line from too far back on tight tracks. Yep. At the likes of Yarra Valley, getting onto bigger, roomier tracks where they can balance up. Big track profile switch. Yep. And a profile switch they can balance up and got more time to wind up. Mm. So here, he could only hit its top with 150 to go at Yarra Valley because yep. it was the only time he balanced up. Now he can balance up its sale 300, 350 out, mm. now, which I like. So they can build through their gears and a lot better. So I've been. So it's something I've been talking about. So, um, yeah, so I think uh, our little ripper will be something there for the punters. Hopefully, I uh, can run a race. Mm. And if you want to l- learn something about, yeah, track profile and stuff like that, there was a horse from Saturday from the Little Birdie Diamonds Day. There was a horse called Young Werther. Damien Oliver took snagged this horse right back. And then if you watch closely in the last sort of 200 metres, this horse just absolutely zips home. So a horse like Young Werther is going to be suited from a switch from Caulfield where he probably wasn't trying, but they've hooked him back. And then a big roomy track like Flemington where he can balance up. I think that's a horse to follow, Young Werther. But let's have a look at this week, the big bets and the market movers early from Top Sport Dust. They're just on the screen now. Yeah, so the first one we have Bob Hoisted, Handicap, Flemington Race 5, number 10, Montesira, 2500 at $5, now $4.80. Mm, I haven't done this race in depth, but um, the CMR stable would have this horse absolutely raring. I've got something to say about the next bit, I think. Yeah, the next one we have Blamey Stakes, Flemington Race 6, number 7, Star of the Seas, $1,000 at $8, now $5.50. Yeah, and Casey sort of touched upon this runner, and I think the key to this horse mm. is just definitely first and second up in its prep. Uh, if it came out and won this week in the Blamey Stakes, I'd probably jump off it. I just don't think it's quite good enough to win an all-star mile, um, and I think there's other horses from better form races that would you know, have but its measure. You quite know this horse pretty well. Yeah, well, it. it just has to be bomb. It's, a, it's bomb fresh. Bomb fresh or second up. And then you can just drop drop off this horse completely. So even though some people might think, oh, well, it's stepping up to the all-star mile, it will conk out. And I think a trainer like Chris Waller will have this horse uh, cherry right for Saturday. So this will be its grand final. That's for right. Sure. Well, it was only 1,200 first up, so it was probably a clean-up. Yep. So this, like you said, second up out to its right trip out to 1,600. Yeah, and I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure um, he's used a similar platform to get this horse to peak into a big race. So I think mm. he... There was a 1,100-metre run before it peaked hard in a mile race. So if you go back deep enough into its form on punningforms.com.au, you'll see that this profile about Star of the Seas, he's ready to explode this horse. So I think that's a, a great way to play. Yeah, right. There you go. It's one to watch. Then we have Surround Stakes, Randwick, race seven, number seven, Never Talk. $1,000 at $10, now $8.50. Mm, it's a, it's a, you know, it's an action-packed field, this one. You've got horses like Away Game, Dame Giselle, Montefilia, uh, it's, Bit it's, of a race. Yeah, it's, it's a really tricky race. And then you've got a horse like La Mexicana who's put, you know, two together mm. impressively down here. So, uh, yeah, I couldn't be stepping into that, that race early. I'd let the market sort of tell me because there's horses sort of going places here. Yeah, yeah, that'll, yeah that's right. Yeah, you would yeah, be watching the market late, absolutely for sure, when there's so many alternatives. Mm. All right, well, um, this episode, I guess, is... It's been a little bit political, but um, I guess we're dealt the hands, you know, before us. And I think it was really important topics that we discussed today around the BRC and what was happening up in Racing New South Wales. 
it's a bit of a farce at the moment. Um, and I, I, here, you know, from here on in, we'll talk more about the racing. So we're going to do more previews and we're going to preview more bets and talk about the sort of nuts and bolts. But the first two episodes back, on the I think, issues, yeah, well, the I, I think it's really important. And a lot of our fan base wanted us to talk about minimum bet limits and what's going on in the industry. So now we've got all the serious stuff out of the way. Just, um, just on that, Richard and I, as we said, we had a, we had a Richard meeting. Irvine. Richard yep. Irvine and I, we, we had a meeting with uh, Racing Victoria last last week. Yeah, last week in the afternoon, and was really good. Yeah, it was really really good meeting. They they were receptive. They've obviously already um, had, had some thinking about the ideas and and put it. So um, I would hope to see movement on the minimum bet laws. Wow. Some sort of update coming up. Mm, that's big big news. Mm. And yeah, and deductions. And deductions, mm, yeah. So absolutely. maybe a little double win there for punters. Mm. And I think, yeah, as Tristan Merlihan said, they're welcoming changes with deductions and minimum bet laws as well. I think Tristan's really open to, to betting bigger. And I guess, yeah, the corporates seem to be making a lot of money at the moment. And the way Peter Villand is, is, is spending, um, obviously, you know, the administrators are doing really well out of the deal as well. So a little bit of relief is on the horizon, at least in Victoria, for punters, which mm. is great news and, and great work, yes. DK and Richard doing the lobbying there. But mm. I think um, that's the end of our episode. If you're betting this weekend with those big limit stars. Top Sport are betting everyone to win $10,000 in all the Group 1 races until they jump for this weekend. Proper betting, absolutely. Mm. The group ones, bet group ones. Yeah, big, big, uh-huh. big races and yeah. uh, and big bets, and that's what everyone wants. And tickets are yeah. now going to go on sale today for our live stream. So we've got Group One William Reed night, and so all the Little Birdie clan will be on course. We will have a team event, so we're trying to um, we're trying to assemble two teams with starting banks, and they're just going to go hammer and tong each other on the live stream. So we're going to have sort of like competitive team betting so it'll be a versus b so we might try and get casey on on a team and he can be a captain we'll have mint bet versus someone else on mooney valley group one william reed stakes night it's 150 dollars per person for a ticket i think darcy will be exactly. with what me. do you get for yeah, 150 I'll come along. You, you two course feed you got drink all drinks, night drinks, entry oh, race book the whole box Plenty of guys can meet dk yeah. we might even put dk on a roving mic in the crowd <laughs> and we'll have some <laughs> other entertainment Exactly. What and more might, could you want? Exactly. <laughs> and yeah, we might even get a DJ. So there'll be plenty of fun, and it'll be the big group one at William Reed Stakes Night. It's a great card of racing that night, and yeah, it'll be food and, and drink and uh, get to meet the team at Little Birdie, and you'll be able to ask questions from the live audience. So we'll have someone, you know, yeah, if you want to learn about racing and learn how to bet, you'll definitely pick up lots of pearls there. So $150 per person. So head to littlebirdiepod.com and head to the shop and secure the tickets because they will sell out fast. Um, talking to a couple of mates I know on other pro punters, I think, yeah, the first sort of five or six tables will get get snapped, snapped up, up very, very quickly. So if you want a different form of entertainment and a different race experience, um, different, we're going to start to set the world on, on a fire here. On a group one night too. Group one yeah, night. On a group one racing night. night. So everyone is starved of being at the track. So mm. let's get back on track. Support the Mooney Valley Racing Club and racing mm. in Victoria. No and does. follow yeah. us on TV on Twitter. And we're in the we're on Spotify, we're in the Apple Shop, we're everywhere. So whichever your favourite channel is, make sure you follow Bet Doctor TV and Little Birdie Podcast on YouTube. See you next week.